This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So I remember that it was a it was a warm Sunday in mid-May, and I've basically been nervous all day, anxiously waiting for kickoff. Um, I I couldn't bring myself to watch the first leg at all. I checked the score at halftime, saw we're winning, checked around the hour mark or something like that, saw that it, Pompey were level, and then just didn't look again until full time to see that it was you know two two. Because honestly, I didn't think we were going to win at all. I thought that particularly after Pompey basically steamrolled us at Fratton Park and we somehow scraped away the win in the league, I saw that as like a golfing class and we'd obviously tailed off towards the end of the season. I didn't think we had a hope, um, to be honest. And so you know, to know that winning at home park would take us to Wembley, you know, that, that was a big thing for me because like pre-first leg, I, I really didn't think we were going to do it, to be honest. I was like that, I think, in the build-up to the game. And it was kind of a balance between wanting to take my mind off things and then wanting to be part of the atmosphere at the same time. I think it, as far as I remember, it was a six o'clock kickoff. And I think I got to the ground at about half three on the day, just you know, with one of my uni housemates at the time, just taking in the atmosphere. And it was one of those where I was trying to take my mind off things in some cases. I mean, it was the final day of the Premier League season, I think, that year. So I was watching... Yeah, it like, was. United finished late, didn't they? Yeah, because United that, was delayed. That so-called bomb at the ground, I think yeah. it was, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And we had... I, I think Newcastle beat Spurs 5-1. That was quite I was going to say that. That was it. Yeah. When Spurs Eventually... contrived to come third in the two-horse race, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, it got to the stage where I, I think I took my seat around 45 minutes before kickoff and just took it in. It was one of the rare occasions where I'd not had as much to drink before kickoff either. I'm usually at the fan fest, so where do you sit? I am in block three, um, right behind the goal to be honest. Like just as about as central as you can get, about halfway up. So yeah, oh, and that yeah. black row of seats, that one row of black row of seats. So yeah, that's where you'll find me when we're back at home park in a couple of years' time. So so when we're when we get into that forty five minute countdown if you like from when I'm there it, it just take the atmosphere d- did build really well obviously that day and got got to kick off and then 
from there, uh, everything unfolded, and I think uh, I was a nervous wreck, but not as nervous, weirdly, as I was during the first leg. Yeah, I would. Um, I I did think we were going to win because I was. I wasn't looking. Maybe pre, I, maybe pre I would, first leg or pre second leg. Uh, both, both actually, both, both actually. But reason primarily being because I wasn't rightly or wrongly. Obviously, I turned out to be right, but rightly or wrongly, I wasn't looking at uh, golfing class as much as mentality. Pompey that season were very much the ultimate bottlers. Very much for a team for I think losing quite a lot of points in winning positions, conceding quite a lot of late goals. They Barry kind Roach. of choked Barry Rose. Yeah, they kind of choked whenever they got near the top three. I, I thought that playoffs are more than the average game about keeping the nerve. And don't get me wrong, we were bottlers as well that season, but Pompey were even bigger bottlers. So I, I did think we were going to win. It was the day after my birthday. Um, my birthday is on the 14th of May. Uh, so my birthday is now always known as Peter Hartley Eve. Um, so it was my birthday is Peter Hartley Eve. Um, so I woke up on the day. It was a it was a lovely day, wasn't it? Really, really gorgeous day. I'm um, very very chilled out. I had uh, kind of leftovers of my takeaway pizza for my birthday for breakfast. Beautiful. Uh, wandered down to the Manamede on Mutley Plain at around about about half two, three o'clock. It was a six o'clock kickoff. Uh, oh, the nerves did kick in about an hour or two before kickoff though. As I was kind of walk- finishing my last pint, walking down to the ground. They did begin to kick in around that point. Um, I was in a different part of the ground to normal. I was in block 15 purely because we were having three other people sit with us who didn't normally sit with us. Therefore, that was the only place we could get that number of people together. I, I, I normally sat in the Lindhurst with my dad and my dad's uh, friend uh, around block 10-ish. But I was sat with um, some of my friends um, at the back of what must be uh, block 5 or 6, I think. So I was in um, Devonport. Um, which is where really you want to be for a game like that for me. Um, I, I t- one thing I remember, which is very rare, I didn't sit down at all during that game, bar right after the carnage after Hartley scored. That's the only time I sat down from the moment I got into the stadium till we scored. I was, you know, stood up, and I think virtually all the Devonport end was, and most of the most of the ground was. Certainly felt that way from where I was, anyway. So, so yes, so obviously you know the lineup gets announced. Um, no changes. What McCormick, Mellon, Nelson, Hartley, Sawyer, Burting, McHugh, Jervis, Kerry, Wild, Matt. You got to feel that's around our strongest team going into the game. Confidence there. Yeah, Kit- I think going into it, uh, Jamil Matt was the man, wasn't he? And he got yeah. those those two goals in the end. One of them a wonder goal. One of them just about as far from a wonder goal as you can get. But they all count, and he got that. And but in between. Yeah, I mean, I I really felt that um, he was going to be most likely. And then, of course, you get to the game and in the end, you, within, what, a couple of minutes, you've got Kerry firing off shots from 30 yards. And then, even though it's got saved, you've got then Kerry himself geeing up the crowd, not as if they needed it, just going forward from there. And it felt, I know it's easy to say in hindsight, but it felt like something special was going to happen from around like the first three minutes when you realised, you know, we were really taking it to them, fancying we were going to win that game. And yet, then the first half was just—it was just cagey. That basically nothing happened. Yeah, that carry I mean, shot within a minute. As soon after that, I mean, it—it it, it was one of those where, um, chance. Well, I think both teams, as they settled into the game, seemed to realise the gravity of the occasion. I mean, from from what I uh, most of what I remember from that game came in the second half. It kind of reflects what you're saying in the sense that the first half was one of the most cagey occasions. Yeah, it 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 was cagey, wasn't it? Both teams looked very nervous. Neither team were really taking care of the ball very well. Both teams were kind of rushing in the passes rather than actually 
taking control of the ball. Um, so I would, yeah, I, I did. I, I, I was, I was again in that kind of mood where I was quite sanguine. I was, I was still kind of predicting we would win, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't dead certain we would win. <laughs> but I was, I was quite sanguine. It was very much a what will be will be type attitude, and I. Yeah, it was cagey. I was aware I was sat right by the Pompey fan, which had a little bit of edge to it. Whenever anyone kind of went close or even looked like going close, we could see the Pompey fan still to our left-hand side getting up and getting excited. So that did add uh, did add a little bit to it. But yeah, obviously, as the as, as, as it kind of wore towards half-time, the, the nerves were starting to set in, set in a little bit more. But I'd say I was still probably a lot more sanguine than, than most were that day. See, see. right. so I, I wasn't really a major Argyle fan during the promotion seasons to the championship. So I mm-hmm. got in at the high point of the FA Cup run and then that Holloway historic season being, you know, the high point, followed by five straight seasons finishing in the bottom four, and then meaning that basically the best season that I'd lived through in, you know, the best part of a decade was the season before where we lost to Wickham in the playoffs. So I you know, I really sort of didn't Part of my lack of belief came from the fact that I basically hadn't really experienced the promotion, didn't know what it felt like, didn't know what it took to achieve, and I sort of didn't believe it could happen. I almost sort of bought into this concept that Argyle are a League Two team. You know, we we can't get promoted, and I sort of saw conversely that Pompey weren't a League Two team. They they yeah just and then right at the second half in particular, like the worst moment. McCormick missed kicks on his left foot straight to Gary Roberts. Oh, thirty yards from goal, <laughs> open goal, just like this is it. This you know this, the, you know this is it. This is Argyle. We're a League Two team. Was sort of what I could feel inside my head, and he shot straight over. He did all the hard work, didn't he? he got past McHugh. He got past Hartley. He had pretty much the hold of the goal to aim for, and he really should have. Scored, I mean, in the end, it wasn't even close. It was. It was one of those where. No. When that starts happening, you think it just might end up being your day. The mood at that stage, getting into the second half, was a great one. But I think I kind of had the same thing as you, Nick. Where, when those chances came and went, I remember the one that relatively close to crossing the line and then the other one I think I remember when Matt got through and put it really really narrowly oh, over the one, on, the one on one the cross cross this, yeah the one on one so this okay. was literally five minutes later Argyle like properly put the hammer down took the, took the game straight back to Pompey so it starts with Matt going through smashed it straight over the bar so much power but over then like two minutes later corner from Carey Matt corner of the literally dead in line with the post free unmarked, heads it wide, just need to get it like, I don't know, three, four degrees further around his head, and it's landing in the top corner. You have, then, you have not measured that in degrees, the, have you? You've not just done that. No, of course I haven't. <laughs> but, the, you know, the, you know the, those those moments all feel like, oh my god, they're the chances, you know? There was the one cleared off the line as well, have you mentioned yeah, that one? So, yeah, then they, it wasn't so much cleared off the line. I think Carey headed it, he headed it sort of back into the box, a hit a group of four Pompey players like within two yards of each other, hit one, then hit McNulty on the line, sort of bounced out. It was a weird moment. I think Carey was appealing for handball, didn't have a clue what was going on, so you couldn't really see it, because there were so many players, you couldn't nah, see the ball. Nah, it, I, think I had a terrible was... angle. I just was like screaming for anything. It did seem like one of those where if a few breaks from that particular chance went our way, whether someone was just stood somewhere else and could force it over the line that, that you know it, it was meant to be. And at that stage... It did cross my mind that it's it, is it going to be one of those days? Is it going to be one of those situations? I, I just have a weird, distinct memory of a couple of times where I just turned around and slammed my seat in frustration. One of those was the match chance that he put over the bar. The other one, 
very much later on. Have that, have that second half went on. That, for me, is actually probably... Obviously, the goal is the best. But that, for me, is one of, one of the real definitive great moments in the match was that, that spell where we had that real run of about three, or, you know, three decent chances in about 10 minutes and, and a lot of you know, really intense play around the edge of the box. But we really took control of the game in the way we did, and we did carve out chances in the way we did. I was not expecting us to be that good at any point in the game, and that for me really was what got me fired up. That was what really got me believing. It got me from kind of the sanguine, you know, I think we'll win here, but we'll probably lose in the final. What will be, will be. That was what really got me kind of roaring with belief on the day. The ground was absolutely rocking. I think it's been very much a cliche thing to say, but I think the crowd did get the players over the line that day. You could just feel that belief starting to grow and grow throughout the second half. And and you know, you know what that that was um. It sort of reflected that importance of the final day where we battered Hartlepool and Northampton beat Portsmouth. I think that home factor was huge because we we knew going into home part we needed to win. To you know, we you know a win would take us through, and that sort of helped. I think we're able to roar them on, and like you say, just that that flurry at the start of the second half really got everyone going. Um, I, I've never heard home park louder, and I know there's been a few games where it's been close, but for me that that always stands out yeah. as like the best atmosphere. Just everyone on their feet as well. No, it was it, it was it was absolutely tremendous atmosphere. Um, we did kind of a little bit later that we did kind of die off a little bit. We was, we were still pretty good. We were still very much in control. Obviously, then moving forward, the big what felt like at the time the big moment. Tanner, right wing, left foot crosses it dead center into the six yard box. Jervis has practically stood on the six the line of the six yard box, unmarked, full goal to aim for, perfect connection or well, perfect. Not perfect connection. <laughs> Let's re- rephrase that. The opposite of and perfect. And slams a header into the base of the post and out. And like that's, you know, that, that again, I'm I'm sort of living this narrative of Argyle are going to find a way to not win because Argyle don't win this game. That's you know, this is the feeling that I had throughout. Yeah, yeah. And, and just that that sort of personified it. That was like the chance missed. And in particular, this is two minutes left. I'm thinking extra time. I'm thinking penalties. I'm like, what's the worst way we can lose? This was almost running through my head. It was a a bit of a roller coaster in the sense that, as you say, you know, just before that we had the Ben Close chance where he's he's put it over about five ten minutes left at the other end. Comes this Jervis as soon as he connects with that, I'm thinking, but, but there's no way he's missed that. I think I'm already celebrating at the point before I then turn around and again slam my chair in frustration. My, yeah, my, yeah. my arms were actually pretty much in the air. <laughs> I think I was, you probably I had the think... worst view as well, Sam, because your angle you probably couldn't see it heading. I was directly behind it. I could see it. I was essentially straight behind. It. I could track it straight onto the post. I could almost see it wasn't going in just because of my vantage point. Whereas you obviously couldn't see that in the slightest, further away and at a much worse angle. Yeah, and and my my, my mate who I was sat with, he uh he he literally just turned to me and said, "It's not going to be our day, is it?" After that, after that German header, don't very much think along the same lines as Nick. And he turned to me and said, "It's not going to be our day." And and well, I I I was so enthused by the way we played. I was so much more excited by the way we played. We Tanner, by the way, had had absolutely fantastic performance off the bench that day. Really, really good. I mean, I know he, he was a bit of a Marmite player. He he maybe flattered to deceive a little bit at times, but that day he was absolutely brilliant off the bench. And Carey, when he got moved out left, which was a bold move by Adams because yeah, I was furious when that happened. I was absolutely yeah, it, was a, it was a very bold move because Carey is at his best in the centre, and that that's his role. So it was a very very bold move by Adams to put him out left, but actually it paid dividends because. Tanner added a bit of freshness, added a bit of, you know, fresh legs, real creative spark in the middle. Brad Carey, you know, it's not his best position, but he was still brilliant when he went out there. He was great from that wide left position. 
great credit to the crowd and the players in a sense that they put that behind. They didn't let that be the defining moment and went and then eventually got to the stage where just a couple of moments later we had Jamil Matt then nearly score <laughs> before, very, very much before, you know. Yeah, it was, um, well, Carey, he was, as, as I said, having a fantastic game out wide on the left, um, got a great cross in. Matt, um, if I remember right, he beat the defender to the header. He rose very well, got a maybe just a little fraction too late, the header ball. If you maybe if he'd have headed it half a fraction early, he would have got a perfect connection on it. As it happened, I think he was just a little bit too late making the connection, but he did get the ball on target nonetheless, but maybe with not quite enough strength. Keeper, um, keeper all stop who, well, think, well, we'll come to him in a minute, but he, he, he did have a, he did have a very good, he did make a very, very good save there that he immediately then cocked up for straight after, but he made a very good save there and tipped it over the bar for a corner. <laughs> what happened at the corner? <laughs> I mean, also, sorry, quick shout out. This all, pi- the small things that are match pivots around, this move that leads to the corner that leads to this fantastic moment all stems from Boateng snapping in with just this brilliant duel that he wins in midfield that cuts off a potential Portsmouth oh, counter-attack. Yeah, just, both was, it was that it, day, wasn't Boateng it? in the second half was fantastic. He, he played five yards further up. He was pressing. And you know, the word that sums up was fearless and the sort of way that Argyle were, or it felt they were fearless in the second half. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't feel it at the time, but on retrospect, I remember what I watched the whole thing back the next day. And just in retrospect, you could see that they were fearless in the second half. They pre- they played that five to ten yards high. That's where we made the chances. And Burtang epitomised that in that moment, just with that fantastic moment to you know dive in, win the ball, and set these events in motion. Obviously, we know in hindsight as Carey goes to like pitch. I can picture match day moments, right? And that match day moments clip starts with Carey running over, puts his hand on the ball, he stops the ball in the corner, sticks his two hands up in the air, looks into the middle of the box, right, and then he steps up to swing the ball in. One thing I do remember about the call that day is it, it when I watched back afterwards and we had Spikes on the radio say, "If Argyle do not score here, you feel that there will be extra time." And I think I'm kind of that stage. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I'd resigned myself to the fact. Okay, we've got another thirty minutes of this absolute torture going on in front of us. And I think as it's coming in, what I remember happening is it it goes to the back post, and we know that you know all sorts made that error to let Hartley go onto it. It took a moment. There was that moment that you you always get with every goal at football, where you've got that just a moment of silence as the crowd takes in the split second of what's going on in front of them. It gets to the point where it's at the back post and the ball, it kind of arcs towards the net. And I, I, in that stage, I'm just, I, I, don't, I, I think my hands are near my head without being quite on it or something like that. It's one of those situations where you don't really know what to do. Ball hits the net and I celebrate a little bit. But what I do remember is thinking, with the deflection there, I couldn't tell from my angle whether that was something that had just come off of the defender. Or to be honest, at the time, I thought, oh my God, has Hartley handled that? Is that going to be disallowed? And it took me a while. I was just looking around rather than celebrating exactly at the time. And one of my mates next to me just grabbed me and pulled it around. So I, was, I was trying to push him off. I'm like, hold on, hold on. I'm looking at the ref to see if he's going to give this goal. And it obviously, you know, it, the, the, the rest is, is history on that one. We, we got the goal. And by the time the celebration had happened, I was already down then by, by, by the ad hoardings ready for if the final whistle did go after that, that, that I was going to storm onto the pitch. But that was my main memory of the goal. For me, it was a case of, hold on, I don't know if this is going to count or not. So it, it wasn't an immediate moment of celebration for me. It was, it, it, it was a very strange one to live through and obviously a very happy one. 
No, obviously, like so with my angle, but I, so I was in a fantastic angle to see Jervis screw that brilliant chance up. I was at a terrible angle for this because, th- so there were two things for me that really stand out. Was one, obviously Hartley heads it onto Stevens, back onto Hartley, and then be- because it and then it goes into the net. But because those that triple header, it looped up and it was hanging so yeah. slowly yeah. Oh that it, it felt like it was in the air for an eternity. <laughs> and I was at such a terrible angle that I couldn't see when it had or hadn't crossed the line. I wasn't like there were people around me going nuts, and I was in your boat. I hadn't started celebrating because I I couldn't even tell if it had gone over the line. There's probably a split second, a half second or two before you know I've probably realised what was happening, and then just carnage. It was it happened in slow motion. It's the only way I can describe yeah. it. I'd had that moment just before where I saw the Jervis um, <laughs> Jervis jam, <laughs> and my arms were up in the air, and they very quickly came back down. I saw it float in, and and it was it was like. Every moment of suffering as an Argyle fan over the past few years, all the crappy finishes and then the kind of years under Sheridan where we were a bit better but we're still very much flattered to deceive, everything was kind of flashed forward in that moment. It was kind of all on it was almost all, all on pause whilst it was in slow motion. From my perspective, it sort of looked like the ball sort of hung <laughs> in midair and then I just saw it saw it float into the net and, and it, it, it was surreal. It was it was an absolute surreal moment I, when, I, when I finally realised it had well and truly gone in and it wasn't going to be disallowed because I must admit, like Adam, I did have a, a split second of, of thinking. I wasn't thinking handball. I was thinking I was thinking possibly a push on Stevens was what I was All thinking. Right. But but I, I I had a split second of thinking maybe, maybe it had been a push on Stevens. But no, it, and then over kind of five to ten seconds, the absolute sheer ecstasy grew of of, of the we, we wow we, we we actually have done this and. Yeah, every that that for me is why that will always be my favourite Argyle game because I can maybe look back to, and I'm sure we won't cover this one in a later podcast because you two are both far too young for it. But I can look back to when we beat QPR to to win the league under Paul Sturrock in 2004, and that yeah, was a sad monologue day. for that one, I think. But that was a yeah, we would we would, <laughs> but that will frames it maybe. But but anyway, that that was a culmination of an era of greatness. What this was was finally, finally, well and truly having turned the tanker around from a very, very miserable ship for years to a slight transition under Sheridan. That was to be well and truly we were back. Like Nick said, we were fearless. Fearless is a great word for how we played that day. We were absolutely well and truly fearless. We bossed the game. We well and truly deserved a win on the day and over the two legs by the end. Hartley Rose. There, that one, that was it. <laughs> just, I think I was just in sheer joy for just, just you know, ecstasy for minutes on end i mean like sort of as i th- this was like a massive turning point for me just like purely as a fan because as i sort of said earlier I, I i had this sort of burnt in my head I, if anything i was just preparing myself for disappointment because i felt like a lot of my life yeah. watching Argo had been disappointed as most fans probably feel you know that everyone's quite insular and they always focus on their team's failures and like oh you know it's typical Argo when it's really just typical sport really um but you know, this, this it was a massive turning point for me because I actually I remember going into the next season believing that sort of promotion was possible. Like you know, there was a huge change in belief in how I thought Argyle could it, succeed. It, it, it and was kind of the day that made us all think well, maybe we can actually be good again. Maybe we're not. Yeah. Just doomed. You know, people might point to um, the fact that we didn't win at Wembley, but you know, like you ask a Tottenham fan, they're not going to focus on the fact that they didn't beat Liverpool in the final last season. They're going to focus on like this absolutely remarkable um, turnaround in um, in Amsterdam. Like even Liverpool, I doubt they're going to say that the moment they remember vividly was lifting the trophy or Origi scoring against Tottenham. The moment they're going to remember more than anything else is 
it will be Wijnaldum scoring against Barcelona and then obviously you know, the winner, the fourth going in, those will be the moments that are seared into their memories and the most important thing. So like that ultimate success isn't as important as just those like those victories along the way and that was just a remarkable moment. It was it, it kind of man, I, I I'm exactly the same. When it got to the the moment where we realised, yeah, we've done it. It was a case of everything I'd experienced. So exactly the same as you, Nick, as an Argyle fan. It was always misery. It always ended in disappointment. That was the one moment where I was like, we've really got something to celebrate. I was on the pitch immediately. I saw myself on Sky when I watched it back. I was that quick. I don't <laughs> think I've ever run as quickly. I had a cold that day and I don't think I've ever run as quickly. So it's it's a remarkable feat of engineering by my body to get me on the TV cameras. But it kind of said everything. The fact that you in that moment, you're going crazy. It's just one of those where you're like, pulling my Thargala back. I can finally experience this for the first time. Pretty special. Yeah, I don't know. My, my view is a little different. I did think we were going to win on the day, but I thought it was going to be a, like a gritty, kind of uninspiring win where we snuck it maybe on penalties and they, you know, and, and they, just because they bottled it worse than we did, it wasn't that. It was a commanding, domineering win. And that, for me, was the Argyle back moment. Because obviously, unlike maybe you two so much, maybe, you know, you, you saw a bit of it in the championship, the tail end of the, the good Holloway um, era. But I obviously, I, I remember a long era when I first started supporting, because I'm a bit older, where Argyle were really good. And that, for me, after all those years of loyally going on horrible rainy days in grim northern holes, shall we say, to finally see, yeah, we, all of that was justified in that one moment. And it was absolutely perfect. And that's why, for me, it is and will be probably for quite some time the greatest Argyle game I've ever been to. We we chose obviously to start this series of just you know looking back. Yeah, it could be a while before we see Argyle on the pitch again. So we chose to start a series just reminiscing and talking about these you know these moments we remember and you know these fantastic memories. Um, it says a lot that you know there was no debate really about where to start. I think if anyone was doing this, would they have chosen a different moment? How, you know how, how long before we beat something like that? It would have to be. You know, a Wembley win. Uh, again, it was it was that changing in perception and belief about what can be achieved. That that's what I feel really made that moment special. After as, as Sam said, after just years of misery, that was like Argyle. And, like and I think I, maybe I've understood it. I wasn't just years of misery. It was years of misery. It was the hope from August to February that that season was different. It was seeing that hope be brutally snatched away by our awful performance in March and April, and then it, after that it was then the the glimmer of seeing that hope back again. It was. It wasn't just years of misery. It was years of misery that were briefly ended and then very much seemed to be returning before looking like they were being ended again. That was to be the definitive moment of, yeah, maybe we're not just going to be crap anymore forever. And it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we'll wait to sum it up. We should talk about this fantastic moment and Sam describes this. Yeah, maybe we're not going to be crap forever. I don't think you can end it better than that. Right. So um, we're going to try and produce one or two of these. I should say the series. Uh, you know, we're going to be calling it Argyle Revisited. Um, we're going to try and produce you know one or two of these a week because there should be quick turnarounds, right? But you know, if you've got um, an Argyle memory you want to share, you, you know, why not get in touch? Maybe no one will, but you know, why not open it up? You're more than welcome to come on and talk about you know, discuss your memory of you know a big match. It can be can be anything. You know, it could be a long time before we have anything to properly uh, watch and enjoy. So. Something like this might just help us get through that. But thanks all for listening, and uh, thanks to Sam and Adam for joining us for this. Yeah, uh, this pilot, no, so you. to speak. Yeah, no, it's um, been great. 
Uh, hope you uh, stay safe, everyone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.